Welcome to episode 8 of After the Valley Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing all of the 2018 um, NBA lottery picks and my thoughts on all the players, the pick, um, and what I think their future is. I... I'll kind of discuss whether I think he was like a good pick or not, whether it was the right player to choose. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. All right, so starting off with DeAndre Ayton, he was picked um, first um, by the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns picked him with the first overall pick in last year's draft. He's a center from Arizona. Now, I thought their biggest need was either center or they needed a point guard. And personally, I don't mind this pick for them because you're not going to get every pick per perfectly correct and take the best absolute player every single time. But DeAndre Ayton has probably been the third best rookie so far. He's had a a great start to his career. He's very underrated. And I thought the best pick for them um, would probably have been DeAndre Ayton or Luka Doncic. And a lot of you might say, well, Trey Young is a point guard, but I just don't feel Trey Young would have been a great fit for their team. I don't think it would have been bad either, but he's not a good defender. He creates most of his offense from the perimeter. And as much as he can set teammates up pretty well, I don't think he would have been the best fit. I think Aiton or even Doncic would have been a better fit. But overall, I think Aiton might have been the best fit, really thinking about it, out of all the possible players. Now, most people had Aiton going in the top three. Most people had Doncic as the best player in this draft. Um, Trey Young was definitely the most hyped up prospect, but the Suns' first pick with DeAndre Ayton, I personally think this was a very good pick. You know what? I'll grade all the picks. I think I'm going to give this pick an A- minus because they didn't get the best possible player in the draft, but um, overall, they got a great fit for their team. They filled the hole, and they got a top three player in this draft, so the Suns made the right uh, selection. Obviously, they have in the past with picks like Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender. They've made some bad picks in the past, but this was a good one, and it could really change the uh, Suns' fortunes around. Now, if the Suns land John Morant in this year's draft, they're going to be really good, and this makes this DeAndre Ayton pick even better because now you just got your point guard for the future, and it makes it look good that you didn't pick Luka Doncic or a Trey Young. So this was a phenomenal pick, I think, for the Suns. Look at him in A minus. Um, next to the Kings, Marvin Bagley the third. Uh, he's a power forward out of Duke. He can play center, but he's really just a power forward, I think. Um, Overall, this was a solid pick for the Kings. It was not good uh, um, as good as some of these other picks, but the Kings have their guard tandem for the future um, in um, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, so they did not need a guard. We can scratch that off at the for the time. Personally, they needed a big man to me, and they went out and got one. They need a big man or a um, small forward. So, Trey Young, he's off the board. Luka Doncic, I wouldn't exactly say he's off the board, but he is a shooting guard, but technically he can play small forward, so that would have been a horrible fit. But you looked at some of their top options would have been to either take Marvin Bagley, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., 
maybe Kevin Knox, but that would have been too high. So I probably stop it at it was probably down to him or Jaron Jackson Jr. I say. I think there were talks that they were thinking about taking Michael Porter Jr., uh, who's a forward. He can play small forward or power forward. He had arguably the best potential in the draft and was taken 14th overall by the Nuggets. We'll get to that pick in a bit. But um, overall, I think overall, he's a good fit. I think he's was very underrated at the beginning, and I looked at him as a possible bust. But he's starting to really turn things around. If I had to grade this this pick, I'm going to give it a B. I think a very good B, though. It's close to a B plus because I think they fill a need at power forward. They need a forward or a center. This guy can play power forward, and technically he can play center. But I think they fill the need. I don't think they got a... uh, the top player available because I think overall who's been better so far uh, out of all the lottery picks, obviously we don't know about Michael Porter Jr., but I think Jaron Jackson Jr. has been better than him. Trey Young, Luka Doncic, but they didn't need any of them. So overall, this has probably been the, you know, fifth or sixth best rookie so far. And we haven't even seen Michael Porter Jr. yet. So, or DeAnthony Melton, but I don't think he'll ever be. Uh, top five or six so we haven't seen a lot of these guys he's probably the fifth or sixth best rookie this season so he hasn't been horrible but for the second overall pick I say they fill a need I'm gonna give him a b here but it's close to a b plus it wasn't a horrible pick by the Kings uh for the reasons I just said so then the Hawks picked Luka Doncic uh from the EuroLeague in Slovenia. He's a guard. He can also play small forward. But we're just going to get to the Trey Young and Luka Doncic pick all at once, and then we're going to get to the Grizzlies because it was a trade. Um, the Hawks picked Luka Doncic and then traded him away um, for Trey Young, So when, for the, which was who was picked fifth by the Mavericks. So when the Mavericks picked Trey Young, the two um, – Trade made a trade. So the Mavericks received Luka Doncic and the Hawks received Trey Young in a future first round pick. Now, overall, what the Hawks were trying to do here is Atlanta at the time had some of the least fans. They um, were bottom five in the league in attendance. So Trey Young was the most hyped up prospect and they traded for him so that way they could get fans in the seats. I really believe that was why they did it. And because they. Had If they picked Luka Doncic, they were filling in a need as well. They needed a point guard, and I believe they needed a shooting guard slash small forward. They do have Torian Prince, but they desperately needed a guard, and Luka Doncic can play shooting guard. So obviously it wasn't like, well, Doncic is better, but he doesn't really fill a need. No, he filled a need. Um, the Hawks have a lot of needs. and But overall, they get Trey Young in a pick. So... They knew Luka Doncic was the better player, but they get someone who, in Trey Young, who's been the second best player. So for the Hawks in this trade, I'm going to grade their trade here. Receiving a pick from the Mavericks and Trey Young, this trade, giving it an A. Trey Young has been a great fit. He's been the second best rookie, only behind Luka Doncic. And they get a good pick out of it as well. So I think overall he's been a great fit. And for the Mavericks, I'm giving them an A-plus here because Luka Doncic has been incredible as well. This was a win-win trade, I believe. And some might say, well, the Hawks lost out on Luka Doncic, but they got Trey Young, who hasn't been as good as Luka Doncic, but has been pretty good. He's been, Yeah, he's been pretty good. And his three-point shot's just going to get better. And they got a good pick out of it. So I think it's a win-win trade there. All right, then fourth, 
The Grizzlies selected Jaron Jackson Jr., power forward slash center out of Michigan State. Jaron Jackson Jr., super underrated. I really like him. He did just go down with an injury, but he's been the best defensive player in this whole draft class. Um, he hasn't been afraid to shoot threes. He's been way better offensively than I thought. Uh, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is the uh, um, the future of this franchise. They didn't really have a future before, and Mike Conley may be the fa- face of the franchise, but Jaron Jackson Jr. has already established himself as one of the best players on the Grizzlies, which might not say a lot, but he's came in in a rookie and do it. He's came in as a rookie and done this, and he's been coming off the bench most of the time. Now, I want to see how he um, comes back from his injury, but I expected him to be one of the best defenders in his draft class. He's been a great, he's been the best defender in the draft class, in my opinion. He's been way better offensively, way more confident offensively than I thought he would be. And I think it's great that the coaching staff's giving them the nod to shoot. But I think he has deserved a starting role. Unfortunately, he's hurt right now, so we don't know. But I'm grading this pick a. Well, Trey Young, they did have Mike Conley. I'm giving it an A minus because even if they pick Trey Young, you're saying, well, they have Mike Conley and Trey Young. They just trade Mike Conley. So I'm going to give it an A minus because I'm stuck in the middle because it's a good trade, but he just got hurt. So we're not sure he's going to come back. And I think there were, well, there's a better player on the board, Trey Young, who I think would have been a great fit with the Grizzlies. I think he'd be a really good fit. Um, maybe a little bit better of a fit with the Hawks. He's a Great fit with the Hawks. and But with the Grizzlies, he'd be a good fit as well. But then they'd be stuck with Mike Conley and Trey Young. And I say you just trade Mike Conley. Uh, maybe you could have got a lottery pick in that draft and tried to um, – you select Trey Young and then – or Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, no. You select Trey Young with that fourth overall pick and then trade Mike Conley for one of these lottery picks. It's just an idea. Maybe they wanted to – make a deal with the map. Uh, here's the thing about that, now that I think about it, though. Mike Conley, what's the use of having him if you're a young team? So I maybe they would trade for a future uh, abundance of picks or just another young prospect on a, from a contending team. So it's just an interesting thought, but I'm going to give him an A- here. Now over to the sixth pick, since we just went over the fifth pick with the Trey Young-Luka Doncic trade. Mo Bamba, center out of Texas. He has not been that great so far. Um, It isn't really his fault. He's battled injuries, only played 47 games this season. I think it might be 48 now. 47, 48 games. He's battled injuries. He's had to sit on the bench because the Magic are, you know, going for a playoff push, and their best player – all-star Nikola Vucevic also plays center. So it hasn't been his fault. He's battled injuries. He hasn't really got a chance. And the Mavericks, you can't really blame them because Nikola Vucevic is on their team. So they, they're they kind of crowded at center right now. Now, I think this offseason, though, if they feel like if they feel like they can make another playoff push or two for the next few years, I think they got to decide between Nikola Vucevic or Mo Bamba if they feel like they can't just develop him correctly and he could just possibly be a bust. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade him. Um, I've said it before. 
he might want to just request a trade and possibly save his career. Maybe that's not the best move. Maybe he's got to wait. But if Vucevic is going to be, you know, the, the best player on this team for the next few years to come, I'm not sure how well the Magic are going to be able to develop Mo Bamba. Now, I'm interested to see if they do trade him. I'm not sure they will. But if they do, um, I wonder what some uh, of the better possible landing spots for him would be. I think he's going to need to go somewhere and he's going to need a little time to catch up on his development. And whatever team's willing to do that, you know what I think would be a good spot? The Cleveland Cavaliers. I feel like they have the, they have a few assets that they could trade for Mo Bamba, and I feel like they'd have the time to develop Mo Bamba. They need a center, and I think he'd be a solid fit there because overall the Cavaliers can play some solid team defense, but they don't really have a great individual defender, and Mo Bamba would give them that at the center position. And he could possibly be their next Tristan Thompson, maybe even better where he's a little even better defensively and has the potential to definitely be better offensively than Tristan Thompson. Because Thompson's a good defender and he's okay at offense. And Mo Bamba could be better. And I still think this guy has potential. And I think a team, a young team looking for a young center, aim for Mo Bamba because I think he'll be, he could possibly be on the trade block for the Magic with not a ton of value due to his injuries and the fact that he didn't play a lot and hasn't developed a ton. And if you're willing to take the time to develop him, I think this could be a very good trade for a team and a steal because I'm not really sure what his value's worth on the market. Overall, for the Magic, I'm giving them a C here. I think there were definitely some better players they could have taken, some bigger holes they could have filled, and Sir Vucevic is in his prime now, so they want to get the next center. But there were multiple better players um, in this draft. Uh, there was Colin Sexton, who's been better, but I feel like he's kind of pointing towards bust just because he doesn't really make his teammates better. He's just kind of a good shooter with a little bit of ability to attack the hoop. He's an okay defender, um, but he doesn't really make his teammates better. Uh, I think Darius Garland, who's going to be in the 2019 draft class, just kind of screams um, Colin Sexton to me where he's a perimeter threat, um, but he's not really someone that's going to make your teammates better, and he might put up good statistics, but... Overall, a lot of people are going to think he doesn't really know how to play basketball, especially at the NBA level. Um, so, yeah, I'm giving them a C um, on that pick. Then the Bulls pick uh, center out of Duke, Wendell Carter Jr. Now, I feel like he was a little underrated coming out of college, just my um, thought because of Marvin Bagley Jr., who was also the other big on Duke, and he was the one of the more hyped-up prospects along with Trey Young. So, Wendell Carter Jr., this is a good pick by the Bulls. Is it the best possible pick? Some would argue no, but it's definitely, he was definitely one of the best options out there. He's been okay uh, offensively, but he's been magnificent defensively for this team. Now, I said Jaron Jackson Jr. has been the best defender, but I think Wendell Carter Jr. has probably been the second best defensively. Now, who knows? Maybe if the Magic take Wendell Carter Jr. at number six, I think the Bulls probably would have taken Mo Bamba at seven. But this is a good pick by the Bulls. I'm giving them a B plus here because I don't think there was a ton of other players that are really better than Wendell Carter Jr. I feel like he slid under the radar a little bit this year, and he's had a good rookie season. And Although I feel like the Bulls' future lies in the hands of Laurie Markin and, and Zach Levine, I think Wendell Carter Jr. is also going to be a big 
piece to the puzzle in the Bulls' future. Now, if the Bulls land John Morant, they could possibly be a playoff team if Morant works out and quickly develops his way into the NBA and fits right in. He'd be a great fit with the Bulls, and they could be a potential playoff team by next year, which would give Wendell Carter Jr. some early playoff experience in his career. And I think this has been a really good pick for the Bulls that's flown under the radar. Great defender, still developing his offensive game, but he's been a good pick, B+. The Cavs' um, picked eighth pick was the Cavaliers, who picked Colin Sexton. He's a point guard out of Alabama. Now, my thoughts on Sexton: he's had a very, he's had a solid rookie season. I wouldn't say very good. He's had a good rookie season scoring the basketball. But I want to see him make his teammates better. A lot of people, even Cavaliers, uh, you know, veterans. Uh, former Cavs players have said he doesn't know how to play basketball, which I kind of agree with. Uh, He may be a good shooter and be able to score the basketball, but I want to see him become an even better defender. But most of all, make his teammates better. This is a perfect place for Colin Sexton, a place with not much talent, and it's basically his team. He can kind of do whatever he wants because the Cavs are basically tanking, so he can take as many shots as he wants. And he's not on a contending team where he has to pass and be willing to make his teammates better. If he was on a contending team, he'd be a horrible fit, and we'd all be saying bust. But since he's on a tanking team with basically no talent, he can take as many shots as he wants, and they don't care about uh, him passing to other teammates. Uh, now, that's my take on Colin Sexton. Overall, I'm going to give this pick a B-. Now, the reason to B- is because he's not having a bad rookie season. I do think he's going to be one of those players, because it always happens, the player that gets off to a good start and then declines. And I think that'll be him, because then, at one point, either the Cavaliers are actually going to be good, or he's going to go somewhere in free agency, and then we're going to realize... All, he can't play on a winning team. And that's really what I think about Colin Sexton, but we can't take away the fact that he still had a solid rookie year. So that's why I'm going to give it a B-. And he's definitely, I think, probably been the most hated player uh, in this draft class just because of his style of play. And I think we can't take away the fact that he's had a solid rookie season. And as much as I do agree that he needs to uh, learn to make his teammates better, we can't hate on him. That much. Come on. So, B-. minus. The next pick, number nine, the New York Knicks select Kevin Knox, a forward out of Kentucky. Now, a lot of people think have started to hate it on Kevin Knox because at first, Knicks fans hated him, and then, at first, and then they're like, ooh, you know what? Maybe this is a good pick, and now they're back to the point where they're like, yeah, I don't really know about this pick. Honestly, I'm going to give it a B here because I don't think this was a horrible pick. Knox has proven he can be a good scorer in the um, NBA. And sure, given the Knicks, he gets a lot of touches. And I am intrigued to see next season if KD, Kyrie, and Zion all end up in New York. What type of role does Kevin Knox play? And is he willing to accept it? And does he thrive in it? It's kind of like Colin Sexton here where we can look at it and say, well, will he do good on a winning team where he doesn't get as much touches? I think he'll be all right. I think he's going to be a good scorer and a good player in the years to come. And But I think I want to see more of a sample size on a better team, kind of like Colin Sexton. But for now, I'm going to give it a B. But that could easily get higher. 
uh, to a B plus or even an A minus because he's definitely been one of the best players that were still available on the board for the New York Knicks. Uh, and they had a ton of needs, so I guess whoever they picked would have been fine because they really had a ton of needs. And maybe the Kevin Knox pick getting a forward meant they were trying to shop Chris Stapps as soon as right now, that draft. They were even shopping Chris Stapps behind the scenes because they did pick a forward at number nine. At number 10, the 76ers picked uh, Macau Bridges. Now, they did trade Bridges um, to the Suns. Bridges was looked at as a 3 and D wing coming into the league. He could shoot threes, and he was a solid defender. Overall, I think Macau's been a little disappointing, but I still have high hopes for him. I really do. I think he's going to be a solid a uh, solid player. He's had a little, he's been a little disappointing this season, I'm not going to lie, but I think he could turn things around. And I think overall he'll stay in the league for a while. Um I am interested to see how much he keeps developing and I'm interested to see cuz he's a shooting guard slash small forward but he's mostly taken on a small forward role for the Suns. So between him and Josh Jackson who wins over the starting small forward role? Now of late, Josh Jackson, despite his inconsistency, has been the starter for the Suns and the better option. Uh, they're kind of the same player, uh, both good defensively, but I think Bridges is a, a little bit better of a shooter and Josh Jackson's a little better at attacking the hoop. Um but I am interested to see where which direction the Suns go. Is it gonna be Bridges coming off the bench or um is it going to be um, Josh Jackson? Now, it's obvious that in this draft, they're going to be aiming for Ja Morant. Um, I think that should be the number one on their draft board. Um, obviously, maybe they take Zion if they do a number one pick, but Ja Morant, they need a point guard, and that would be their best fit. Between Ja Morant going to Chicago or Phoenix, I would rather see him go to Chicago. I feel like that's a better organization, and they're set up to do maybe not better in the future, but I feel like overall as a ownership and front office, Chicago is better. Also, I feel like he'd be a better fit in Chicago, and um, I feel like... I don't know how to put this, but I feel like Chicago is more set up to win right away if they get Morant. I feel like if the Suns get Morant, they'll still be a non-playoff team. But if the Bulls get Morant, they could make a push for like the 8 or 7 seed. Maybe even the 6 seed. Maybe that's a little absurd, but who knows? I mean, they have a lot of young guys that could easily develop into all-star uh, caliber players. Zach Levine could easily be an all-star next year, and Markkinen's getting really close, along with some of their other pieces. So, again, um, I'd rather see Morant go to the Bulls. As a Celtics fan, maybe I'd rather see him going uh, to the West, but you get my point. As a, a neutral fan, I'd rather just see him go to Chicago. But on that Macau Bridges pick, I'm going to give him a B. B or B-. minus. Between there, because he hasn't been great, but I still think this guy's got potential to be a 3 and D wing, which is perfect for the direction the league's heading. 3 and D wings are going to be uh, the future of the NBA. The Hornets, Shy Gilgis Alexander, a guard, combo guard out of Kentucky, mostly a point guard though, but it was traded to the Clippers. For the Clippers, this is a uh, great trade. So they basically... Basically what happened is the Hornets traded the 11th pick 
who was Shai Gilgis Alexander, um, to the Clippers for Miles Bridges. So they basically swapped. Grading the trade for the Hornets, they get Miles Bridges, a forward out of Michigan State. He was in the dunk contest. For the Hornets, I'm going to grade this trade a B minus. Bridges has been able to throw down some amazing dunks, but he hasn't really been amazing besides that. And considering they gave up Shy Gildas Alexander, who's been a good player in uh, LA, um, I just don't really know. I think after the Hornets made this trade and they realized, you know what, we can take Miles Bridges, someone, a forward who could possibly get into our starting lineup and help us win right now with Kemba instead of taking our potential future point guard. Maybe they thought, you know what, I think Kemba's going to stay and Miles Bridges will help us win more as Gilgis Alexander might just come off the bench. I'm not really sure what they were thinking, but uh, I'm going to give them a B here. I think I already said that um, because... Personally, I think Shai Gilgis-Alexander has been the better player, and Miles Bridges hasn't really developed as quickly as maybe they hoped. I don't know how you think he's going to develop super quickly and get into your starting lineup, but I, th- I think that's what they were thinking. But he hasn't made as much of an impact this season as maybe they hoped. Shai Gilgis-Alexander, this trade for the Clippers, I'm giving them an A, because Shai Gilgis-Alexander has been their starting point guard and has shown bright potential for the future. Um, I think he will be a good player. Um, I really like the trade because I think Gilgis Alexander has been much better than Bridges and will be. So this was a good trade for the Clippers. They definitely win this trade. Now with the 13th pick, the Clippers selected here and selected Jerome Robinson, a shooting guard out of Boston College. Now this is by far the most forgotten pick in the lottery. If I ask you to name every all the 14 lottery picks, and you only got 13 correct, I'm guessing you forgot about Jerome Robinson. He's by far had the least um, um, amount of impact besides Michael Porter Jr., who's the 14th pick, and we'll get to that pick. But that's because Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played due to injury. Jerome Robinson is totally forgotten about. This was not a good pick. I'm going to give them a C- minus here. This is the pick before Michael Porter Jr., few picks before some other great shooting guards went off the, uh, not great, but better shooting guards went off the uh, board. Like, shooting guards, guards, all these guards went off right after Jerome Robinson, and he has not been that great so far, so I'm giving it a C-. minus. Uh, I don't really think he's going to be that great in the NBA, unfortunately, but this was not really a great pick for the Clippers. And now getting to the 14th pick and the final one, the Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr., a forward. We can't grade this trade um, really correctly yet because Michael Porter Jr. hasn't even played in the NBA due to his injury. But for now, I'm grading this trade, uh, this pick, an A+. Because, here's why, Michael Porter Jr. arguably had the best potential out of anyone in this draft class. This could go down as the biggest steal in in, um, NBA history because for the fact that Michael Porter Jr., he's expected to be a top five pick. The Kings considered picking him with the second overall pick. Slipped down to number 14, the Nuggets snagged him. It's a risk worth taking. Number 14 overall picks don't have a great chance at succeeding, and as much as Michael Porter Jr.'s injury scares you, um, honestly... 
if he's not affected too much by this injury, he's going to be a great player in the NBA. It's almost a guarantee. Um, so if he recovers from this injury just fine and goes back to his uh, same skill set, um, he's going to be a great NBA player. And I'm surprised that, you know, some of these teams looked at, like the Clippers, hmm, Jerome Robinson, or do we take the risk with Michael Porter Jr.? Michael Porter Jr. is worth a risk at number six, I think. He's worth at least number six. The sixth pick, uh, you know, maybe you could argue, like, number five. Like, Trey Young sitting right there, like, or risk Michael Porter Jr. But this is a steal for the Denver Nuggets. And until we really see Michael Porter Jr. play, we can't really grade this um, pick. But for now, I think he's an A+. That was a steal. Uh, the forward out of Missouri and Michael Porter Jr. I think I hope he returns and is a great player because he's really fun to watch. And he has a great size and a boatload of potential despite his injury. All right, so that's all we have Um for you guys today but again if you want to send in anything that you want me to do on this podcast or any uh thoughts you have on it send those in on the anchor mobile app um so yeah thank you guys for listening and i'll see you next time